0: Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you? Are the Kindness you show Lord help me Jesus souls in your hand try me Lord if you think there's a way I could try to repay all I've taken from you maybe Lord I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way soul's in your hand, Jesus, my soul's in your hand,
1: anyway, we want to talk about time for, for the next several weeks, um, Want to go through a series of messages on time. What time is it in our life? The Bible talks about different times and seasons that take place in our life, and we all go through these things. And so we're going to be talking about that. And time is an interesting word, isn't it? Um, time can be viewed as something good or bad. We can put any any adjective in front of time, couldn't we? There's good times and bad times, there's uh, also high times and low times, and we can change that up. And we talk about time in lots of ways. I just got to thinking and made a little list of ways that... Uh, that we use the word time. One of them, of course, is is sports. We talk about baseball as being America's pastime. And we get that idea of it's a way for us to pass time. It's a way for us to spend our time. And we pass time sometimes by uh, sports. We do it by hobbies, and we do it through entertainment. How many of you have ever got hooked on a television show? And boy, you can really pass the time away with that technology is such that uh, New Year's was pretty quiet around our house and so uh, we we spent one day watching a TV show on Netflix that has no commercials and it's got the whole season and when we got done we realized we had watched a whole season of a program online and that certainly passed some time. We talk and some of us know a little bit about something about doing time don't we some of you have done some time. Uh, Johnny Cash spoke about that when he said he was stuck in Folsom prison right and so hopefully you haven't done time hopefully you will never do time. But, um, but we do use that term. How about turning back time? Do you ever wish you could turn time back? Uh, I think Cher sang that song, If I Could Turn Back Time, and the reality is we can't, can we? Uh, I go down the hall, and Kathy's got a few pictures in our hallway of us when we got married and engaged, and I look at that picture and say, man, I wish I could go back to that, and, and boy, things have really fallen apart. But uh, we can't turn back time, can we? We can never go back and change it. Or freezing time. You ever heard someone say, I wish I could freeze time? Uh, and that's what we do when we talk about our children, when they're little babies, we want to freeze time. And then when they're two, we want to put them in a time machine and send them ahead until they're like 22 or something and pass up all those years. But we talk about freezing time. Peter Pan, an interesting uh, story of Peter Pan is he, he never grew old. He was in a place where uh, it was Never Neverland. They didn't want to grow up, and they wanted to freeze time. We talk about having time, don't we? You have time for this, you have time for that. In the internet, we have time for things that are important to us, don't we? And the reality is sometimes we have too much time on our hands. You ever had too much time on your hands? And uh, we get ourselves in trouble. Brother Carl's shaking his head. He's about to enter the world of retirement. And I'm just really got to pray for him. He's going to have too much time on his hands. he get <laughs> in lots of trouble. Idle hands are the devil's workshop, right? So we've got to keep him busy. And then there's times when we say, I don't have time. So, we either have time or we don't have time. Uh, Kathy's, th- every Thursday morning, I wake up to an annoying woman, not Kathy, but a, a recording of someone on her phone that says, Ain't nobody got time for that. And I guess it was some lady during one of these storms or colds. And it reminds her of her medicine injection she takes. And she'll get up and she'll leave the room and then she leaves her phone there and it, over and over. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> And I didn't want to throw that thing against the wall, but the reality is, sometimes we don't have time. I was talking to Paul out there, and of course, we're going through struggling times in our economy now, and pray for Paul, he's, he's looking for work, we need to get that guy a job, but uh, we were laughing the other day, and said, we're so broke we can't even spend time, because we don't have it, you know, but anyway, we don't have time. Or we talk about making time, don't we? And really, none of us can make time, it's it's there. God made time. We can't make it, but we make time. And when we talk about that, again, we're saying you just got to make time for this. You make time for that. Isn't it sad that church isn't one of those things we get to do? Many times folks say, well, I got to make time for church. But church ought to be at the top of our time list, amen? We make time for the other things in life. We talk about managing time. Any of you ever been to a workshop on time management? Um, we manage our time, and that's probably better than making time. It's just managing our time. How many of us have ever ended the day saying there's just not enough hours in the day? You know, and the reality is everybody's got the same. We've all got 24 hours in the day. We've all got seven days in the week. We all have, just some manage their time better than others. We talk about saving time. Ever went through a book or something and looked for time-saving tips? Um, Sometimes they can be good, sometimes they can be very dangerous, time-saving tips. So, you know, sometimes you don't want to cut time. Um, Technology is one of those things that was supposed to save us a lot of time, right? We get all the stuff on the computer, it makes things faster and easier, and and we get a cell phone, and then we don't have to actually go answer our phone, and we just, time-saving tips. And isn't it strange that technology seems to have cost us a whole lot more time than it ever saved us? We're busier now than we've ever been. And the one we're really good at is wasting time, right? Uh, Sometimes we waste time. For us men, sometimes that's those times when we sit with our wife and watch some movie that is made for women, lifetime movies, things like that, and we get done and we say, well, that's an hour of my life. I've just wasted. I'll never get back. And we talk about spending time. We spend time doing this, and we spend time doing that. And by the way, I think God gave us time, and it's meant to be spent not, you can't really save time. It's not like you can say, well, I'm not going to do anything today, so tomorrow I'll have 48 hours to work with, right? And if I save up for several days, man, I'm going to have the biggest weekend you've ever imagined. Your time is meant to be spent. You get 24 hours today. If you don't spend it today, you lose it. It's over, and so it's meant to be spent. And what we spend it on is probably the more important question, isn't it? But there's things that we should spend time on. Uh, One of the tough ones for me has always been sleep. You know, I I just, why go to bed? I could do some more stuff, you know. And so sometimes we don't get all the sleep that we need because we figure, well, that's wasting it. I want to spend my time wisely. But that's probably a pretty good investment of our time is to get the right rest, right? Or spending time with our, our family. And sometimes we think, well, I'm too busy. I got work to do and I got this to do. Sometimes it's a better use of our time to spend it with our family. And so we just need to know that we spend time. It's meant to be spent. We should probably examine how we spend it. And I like the term investing time. Because I think when we spend our time wisely, it's more of an investment. The return is great. Uh, That when we spend time with our children, the return is great. When we spend time with your mate doing something, the return is great. Maybe this year what God would have you to do is invest some time with your wife or your husband and plan some date nights if you're married. Isn't it sad that we date up until we get married and then it's just like survival mode for the rest of our lives? Put them kids with a babysitter and keep dating. Go out and do some things. But uh, those are some ways we talk about time, some simple truths about time. Let me give you a couple of them. Number one is that time is a gift from God. This is something that I always try to remember. Time is just a gift from God. And, and I'm glad that He gave it to us. And I'm glad that He set it aside. Because do you realize God didn't need time? God is eternal. He's always been. He always will be. He existed before time existed. It wasn't like God was in heaven and said, Well, you know, it's about that time that I've got to create the earth. He, there was no time before God created this earth, it was just eternity. It was just God and his existence. And so God in Genesis created time as a gift to you and I. Let me read to you the passage in Genesis 1. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And so on the fourth day, God created, basically when he created the stars, he and the the sun, he created time. And he says he gave it to us so that there would be signs, seasons, days, and years. And I'm so glad for that. I think it's almost God's way of reminding us that there is always a time for us to start fresh. That when, even when we have messed up, and, and maybe 2013 was a bad year for us, but aren't you glad when the new year rolls around and you say, hey, it's a new year, we're going to change things up. And maybe, you know, January has been a tough month for you, but you can say, you know what, today is Sunday, this is the first day of a new week, and so God gave us the ability with time to mark places where we make commitments and we do things differently. We, we start fresh. Time has the ability to be future, present, and past. And some of the best time is when we let stuff pass. and Say, you know what? That's the past. I can't bring that back. I can't turn back time. And so I need to focus on right here, right now, what God wants me to do. And so it's a gift for man, not anything else. And the second thing that I want you to know about time and, and just a simple truth is that time is not guaranteed. It's kind of interesting that time is something that none of us really know how much we have. We know that there is 24 hours in a day. But the truth is, we don't know that necessarily we're going to get all 24 of those, do we? And we woke up this morning and said, man, this day has begun. It's beautiful. It's sunshine. A lot of good things on the calendar for the day. This afternoon will be a great time. This evening. But the reality is that at any moment during this day, any of us could run out of time. God could call us home. Or the trumpet could sound and Christ could return, couldn't he? And so time is not necessarily guaranteed. Sometimes we think that funerals are only for those up in their 80s and 90s, but the sad truth is you look in the newspapers and you'll find that there's people, it's children and teenagers and people in their 20s and 30s and 40s whose time runs out. Only God knows how much time we have. David said, teach us, Lord, to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. In other words, teach us to understand, God, how short our time really is. To value these days, it's not a guarantee. James said, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Time is not guaranteed. We just don't know how long we have. And so we should make the best of every moment. Scripture says we're to redeem the time because the days are evil. We're to make good use of the time. And so today I want to begin some messages on this idea of time. And and over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about uh, the things that God, maybe it's time for certain things to take place in our life. Now I want us to draw from this Ecclesiastes passage where Solomon, the preacher, talks about time. If you're a music buff, you've maybe memorize this passage of Scripture without even realizing it because one of those bands sang a song called Turn, Turn, Turn. It was really a repeat of Ecclesiastes. But in this passage, Solomon is going to give us 14 statements or comparisons. He's going to give us some sets. It's it's set up as, as poetic. He gives us these sets of things. And I want you to understand that it's not either or with these things. That all of these statements, even though there's two there, he's not saying you get one or the other. Really what Solomon is saying is both come. There's a time for one and there's a time for the other. How many of you ever remember your parents growing up saying there's a time and a place for everything right before you got whooped, right? (laughs) Time and place. Listen to what Solomon says. He says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven now he begins this list. And think about these things. These are events that take place in our life. These are periods of life. These are happenings that that occur. He says a time to be born and a time to die. And in each of these pairs, we obviously will have our preference, won't we? I'd much rather be born than die, wouldn't you? But the reality is that in life, we're going to experience both of those things. Every one of us were born and every one of us will die unless the Lord returns before that time. But it just happens. But there's a time for that. And he says there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. Again, both things happen in life. You're never going to pluck up what was planted unless it was planted in the first place. My preference, I prefer plucking up that which is planted. Kathy makes me till the garden every year. She takes care of it. I don't mind going out and plucking things up from it. But the other part of it, I don't enjoy too much. But both have to take place. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Us men, we like the laughing. Women, they like both equally sometimes, Right? But there are times of sorrow in our life, is what he's saying. Times of sadness, but there are also times of great joy. It's not that we get to choose either or, we're going to experience both in life. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. Time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. That's the verse that every dad of daughters should have put on the outside door of his house when the boy comes calling. It's time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate. Some of these ringing true with you, there are times when it's better to listen, right? And other times when it's time to speak up. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war or a time for war and a time for peace. And then he goes on and he says this. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the busy, busyness that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. This morning, I want to kind of talk to you about this end portion of this passage more than the beginning. I just want you to understand from the beginning that in our life, we go through different periods. There's going to be times when when you are just moving along and, and everything seems to be working well. I mean the workplace is great, the home life is great, the neighborhood is great. Everything will just seem to be going perfect for you. You just seem to be lined up on the well, you just seem to be lined up on the right side of all of those things. Right? And then there's other times when nothing will seem to go right. When it seems like, man, we're losing a job, and maybe the wrong neighbors moved in. Not that we're the wrong neighbors, but they're the wrong neighbors, obviously. The wrong neighbors move in, or we're fighting with our our mate, and our kids are getting in trouble. and, And maybe we line up on the wrong side of things. These are all things that take place in our life, these different seasons. Times when we're young, we get around easy. We experience things, and then there's times in our lives when we're going to get older and stiffer, and we're not going to move around as much. Kathy and I noticed the other day, as we watched that long season of episodes, as we got up for a break, we both got up, and you could hear us moaning all the way into the front yard. Oh! Kevin got us hooked on watching The Walking Dead, and now Kathy says she walks like a zombie. She just realized it and didn't know what it was. We go through these times. Why is that? And what do we get from that? And I want us to now look at that last part. I'm going to give you some some things, four areas that just kind of stand out to me. The first one is this. In regards to time, we must learn to make the best of time. We must learn to make the best of whatever God brings into our life at whatever time. Listen to what he said. He says he made everything beautiful in his time. That God made everything beautiful in his time. Some of the things we need to know is that whatever comes into our life, we serve a God who is in control at all times. We might be out of control, and the circumstances may seem out of control, but God is always in control. And there may very well be some difficult things that we're facing right now, but make no mistake, God is the creator. He is the sustainer. He knows exactly what's going on, and he is working things through to make them turn out well. Day there'll be some teams playing in the playoffs, the NFL playoffs, and this is the favorite time of year for most people is when we get to the end of the season. And for different reasons, some are just sick of it, and some of us are excited. That's what we've been looking forward to. I think if I was a football player, the worst time of the year would be that training camp. You've had the summer off, you've been eating barbecue all year, you've been you know just lazy all year, and then and then. Training camp comes around, and these guys are put through the grueling tests, and they're forced to exercise again, they're diet again, they're lifting weights again, and and that's got to be the worst time of the year. and, And it doesn't really get much better during the beginning part of the year, but they're playing for something that's coming down the road. And it's this time of year that these football players, and it's the end of a baseball season when baseball players, but whatever it's the end of the season when they look back and they say, Man, that was terrible. But it was necessary for us to get where we are right now. That there had to be those difficult times in order for us to reach the good times. And we need to, he says, understand that God made everything beautiful in his time. That that at the right time, certain things just fit. In fact, he says this at the beginning of that last phrase. He says, what gain has the worker from his toil I have seen the busyness or business that God has given to the children of men to be busy with. Sometimes we wonder, why, God, are we going through this stuff? Why is is it such a struggle? And and why is it so difficult? And why is there so much for me to do and so much for me to accomplish? And I read one commentary, and and I love what he said. He said that God never intended this life here on earth to be easy and restful. That he gave us things to do Maybe because He didn't want us to get comfortable. This is not intended to be our place of rest. Heaven is our place of rest. And so sometimes we're going to struggle through and and God's going to give us some difficult things to tackle. We're going to be serving Him and working for Him. And one day when He returns, then the rest comes. But until then, He says, learn to make the best of things. Learn to realize what you're going through, Maybe why you're going through it. What is God trying to accomplish in your life? He's made everything. Secondly, we don't see things like God sees things. As you're going through these different periods of life, uh, these time for this and a time for that, understand that as difficult as some of them may be, we don't see things quite the way God does. When we're in the midst of a struggle, we just see the right here, right now, don't we? And he makes this phrase, he says, he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. In other words, we don't see it from the start to the finish, we just see right where we are. And we need to learn to look at things just a little bit different from beginning to end. Seeing the big picture. This is difficult right now, but God is doing something in our lives. And in the end, he's going to work this thing out. Romans 8 says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. It's almost like our vision is is so skewed. We just see with tunnel vision what's before us. Watching a program the other day, and on the program there was a group of folks and they're camping out and and they're really trying to find a certain place and, and they're lost and they didn't know where they were gonna, how they would ever find this place. And and there they are in desperation. And as the camera kind of panned out, you realize that they were not very far from where they needed to go. But you only saw that when you got a little higher and you could see the whole thing. Wherever they were from their perspective, they couldn't see any of it. And in our lives right now, maybe you're going through one of those difficult times and you're saying, Why am I going through this? And God from his perspective is saying, You're so close getting where I'm trying to take you. You're so close to to experiencing what I want you to experience. Don't give up. Keep moving. I'm taking you there. But you got to go. I noticed several people on Facebook, some of them in our church even, have made some Disneyland trips over the last year. I guess Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's is the time to go to Disneyland. We did that one year, and it was miserable. It was packed. Thought we'd fool everyone else. And everybody goes. But some of them have went. But can you imagine if you took off to Disneyland and didn't even know where it was and, and you stopped at Magic Mountain and said, man, we're here. This is it. Boy, Disneyland's not as big as I thought it was. No, I, I don't find the Pirates of the Caribbean here. And I don't find the, the haunted house here. Where's Mickey Mouse? You know? But it's because we stopped short. Got to keep going. There'll be some road stops along the way. But that's not the end of the journey. God is taking us somewhere. We don't see things like he does from beginning to end. Third, or third, we should focus on doing good during our time here. Whatever's going on in our lives, our focus should be on what am I doing? What, what good can I be doing? In the passage, he says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. In the midst of all these things, the time for this, the time for that, the toil, the struggle, the work that God puts in our life, Solomon says, and this is what I perceive, that it's good for us to be joyful and do good as long as we live. How many of us are honest and say, you know, there's times when I go through certain times in my life when I'm not really joyful. And the last thing on my mind during that day, is how can I do good? Sometimes we're so focused on, I'm just surviving here, that we lose these things. Spend our time filled with joy. Be joyful that, that maybe that God is walking with you through those times. Maybe your joy is found in the fact that that you're not alone in those times because God has placed you in a body of believers who care about you and who can pray with you and support you through those times. There is always a way for us to find joy in the midst of difficult times. And maybe the joy that we experience in the midst of difficult times is being around others who are going through the good side of things. One of the habits I developed a long time ago is is in in, in dealing with hospital visits. Um, man, sometimes hospitals, I'm just wired different. It gets sad sometimes to go to the hospital. When you go there and see someone that's really ill, man, that can just drag you down. Or if you go there and you're with someone, when they hear bad news from the doctor, maybe they found cancer or, or maybe there's something with the heart that can't be fixed, Or it, it can drag you down. Or maybe you're there with someone that's in a coma. And I'll never forget going to Oakland to the children's hospital there and and then later on to another place and being there with a family whose two- or three-year-old had choked and was in a coma and basically was waiting to die, and they knew that. That was difficult. But one of the habits that I developed was I'd go do my calls there, but I'd always swing down through the maternity ward before I left. You know, because there is a time to be born and a time to die. And even though maybe I'm going through a difficult time in life, I can rejoice with someone who's going through the positive side. That even though maybe I'm struggling with something, it's nice to be in a body of believers where I can look across the room and say, wow, that guy is just experiencing victory after victory. And I can rejoice with them. In other words, maybe to take our eyes off of our own struggles, and see how I can help someone else, or how I can rejoice with someone else. But we must begin to look at things just a little different. Focus on doing good. And fourth, we should enjoy life as a gift from God. Enjoy life as a gift from God. He said, this is God's gift to man. That's how he ends that passage there's times for this and that and we're going to go through good times and bad times there'll be toils, there'll be struggles but understand this, all this is a gift from God it's from Him we should rejoice in that isn't it strange that sometimes as desperate as we are as discouraged as we are in every one of us there is this will to live there's this will and this desire to go on, to continue that if we walked in here today and, and, and maybe, you know, someone says, hey, how you doing? And you say, oh, terrible. And you're just honest with it. It's terrible. This has been a bad week. It was a bad year. And it's already starting off to another bad. And maybe it's just all bad. But if we were to set a room up on the side and say, well, we can take care of that for you. Come back here. We'll put you out of your misery. I doubt very seriously that would be a very busy place. It's a matter of perspective, isn't it? It is bad, but it's life. It's life. And the alternative to what we're going through is to not have that life. And the truth is, sometimes we look back on the hardest moments in life and have the fondest memories of them. Sometimes you'll look back on those times that you struggled through and you'll say, remember when we did this. Remember when we did did that. Remember how we got through that. Or, or maybe you say, I, I can't even believe how we got through that. But we'll say, but it was God that saw us through. It was God that saw us through. Let me close with a passage of scripture from Romans. And uh, I'm going to read it to you from the, the message. And it's printed on the back of your bulletin because I just thought it was so beautiful and fit what we're talking about. In Romans 13, He says this, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed, he says. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Pretty powerful thoughts about how we use our time. He says don't get so bogged down in the day-to-day stuff that we miss what's really important. And in that statement of missing what's important, he says, here's what's important. Casting off the works of darkness. Putting on the armor of light. Walking properly in the daytime, he says. Putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and not making provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. In other words, don't forget in all that you've got going on to serve God, to get your walk with him where it needs to be. How are we going to spend our time? Paul told his church, his believers, his family, his countrymen, he said, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Of all the things, there's a time for this and a time for that. The most important time that you and I need to acknowledge is a time when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior." And you can you can have your year lined up you might be the type that sets goals you've got your day planner out and the, the whole year is lined up of what you're going to do this year and what you're going to accomplish this year and how much of the Bible you're going to read and how much weight you're going to lose and, and all these things you've got them all lined up how much money you're going to save and the most important thing you must not forget is to make time for God to develop a As a believer, it is no different. We need to make sure that we make time for God. That we don't just rely on a commitment that we made to him, that we're not satisfied with just our salvation, but that we want a close walk with God. Where are we at there? Are we serving him? Are we walking with him? What time is it? What are we going through in life? How do we look at it?